This is Write Your Own Story, Three Keys to Rise and Thrive in Life and Business. I'm your host, Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian. Today on the show, we have Sharina Gonzalez. And I met Sharina at a keynote speech in Northern Indiana several months ago. She is one of us. She is a regular gal doing regular work. I mean, I think we're all special. But I say that because Sharina has taken action on her what if. And we all have, what if, what if I did this thing? What if I tried this? What if, what if, what if? And what often holds us back from realizing the answer to what if is we have this lie that we tell ourselves that when I get caught up or some other time into the future is the better time. And I can't wait for you to hear Sharina's story because she took action on her what if. Sharina, welcome to the show. Thank you. Very excited to be here. Live, at least today in recording time, from what town in Italy are you sitting in currently? I am in Rome. As you do. As you do. Well, I will <laughs> I will say you are the first recorded from Italy guest that we've had in more than 200 episodes. So I feel like I should have some kind of music that plays like you want a prize. <laughs> Yay! Little Italian cafe music playing in the background. I invited you on the show because you are living currently an extraordinary life, an extraordinary dream come true. And I want our listeners to be inspired by your story, but know that extraordinary and next level doesn't have to be moving to Italy. But I want to unpack your story in a way that just invites people in to consider what if. So just to give a little context, we met when I did a keynote speech in Northern Indiana. Yep, the Engaging Women's Conference. The Engaging Women's Conference at St. Mary's of the Woods. That's right. And we talked afterwards and you joined my Thousand Thriving Women community and we got a chance to see each other each month as we were going through the content. And through that experience, you said, hey, I've been thinking about making a change in my life. And I've finally decided to just do it. And I'll let you fill in the blanks between that moment where we realized that you had been plotting and planning. What would it look like if I decided to live in Italy for a while and where we are now? So where did the seed get planted for you to say, <laughs> I'm moving from Northern Indiana with me and my dog. We go into Italy. What was, what was the seed that got planted? I was reflecting on this because it is one of those things. There's so many things, but really the long and the short of it, I went through a major life change last year and it sort of led to a conversation with my 86-year-old grandmother last summer in which we talked about taking this dream trip to Italy in April. And so it worked out. We went. It was amazing. And at that time, it was just a 10-day trip that we had planned together and I had no thoughts of moving, coming back. But at the time, it was just an amazing experience together. We spent three days in Rome, three days in Florence, and three days in Venice. And I knew that 
in the meantime of planning this trip, I had decided that I was going to sell my house. I was going to downsize and I just wanted to sort of work on some commercial financial investing goals. So I had that in my mind when we came on our visit and I was sort of reflecting on this yesterday because I do remember when I came during that trip sitting on top of the rooftop bar at our hotel in Florence, maybe two days before we left. And I was having a glass of wine and it was sunset and it was just so majestic. And my heart was so full and I was just filled with gratitude and thinking, oh man, this would be amazing. And again, it was not even really a thought. It it just sort of crossed my mind, like this would be an amazing place to live, but that was it. And then we returned and I went through the process of starting to sell my house and I had been working remotely for the past year and a half. And so I was working from home and about to sell my house. And I started looking at where I wanted to go as far as apartments because I was in Indiana and I'm thinking, oh, well, I don't have to stay in Indiana. Maybe I could go to Chicago or go somewhere else. And nothing really got me excited. And Italy, that would be fun. And my heart just skipped a beat. Yeah, I literally laughed out loud. I said to myself, you are crazy, girl. And slept on it. And then I had that thought, what if? And so I'm thinking, okay, I am single. I have no children. I am selling my house. I have a remote job at this point. My biggest responsibility is my dog, aside from life and adulting. But the other that I'm thinking, what if? (laughs) So I just literally took out a legal pad and I made a whole list of from point A to point B, what that would look like. What would I have to do? So I was going to sell my house anyways. So then it was thinking, okay, I've moved numerous times in my life. I will put that as a background. My mother was a little bit of a gypsy. So (laughs) me moving to Italy was actually move number 30 in my life. But I had been in my house for seven and a half years. And so this was going to be a big move no matter what. Okay, if I were going to leave, like what would that look like? And I would have to look into... What with my passport and time and the dog and just all the things, flights and where would I stay? And so I just started filling in the pieces and it was falling into place. I didn't let myself get very excited. I didn't really even talk about it publicly until just a month or two before I decided to go because there were so many pieces and I just wasn't sure if something at the last minute was not going to work out. And then I booked the flight and then I started talking about it and then I got super excited. So let's break this down (laughs) because what I love about this and listen, if you're literally listening and thinking, well, forget it. I got kids out my ears and I can't leave. This episode isn't for me. Mm -mm, That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is there's something in your life that makes you get that feeling in your heart or that little jump in your belly about something. It doesn't have to be packing up everything and moving to another country, but everybody has something that if they gave themselves the space to go, hey, there's something in there. I have this guide that helps people dream because we are so entrenched in just the patterns of our lives being the same. And we get up, we go to work, we do the same things over and over and over again that unless we give ourselves permission and the guidance to dream, we might miss it. And so just the fact that you allow that little spark of emotion and ask yourself. So that's the thing I want to inspire you listeners today is maybe it's not packing up everything and moving. But if you were to get really quiet 
And maybe this holiday season is the perfect time that week between Christmas and New Year's when you feel pretty reflective and you got probably a little bit more time off just to get out a legal pad and ask yourself, like, what if, what are some of those things that are in there that just need permission to come out? That's one takeaway that I absolutely want everybody to consider. The second thing that you did that I think is really wise, and it was probably intuitive to you, but I'm going to give it as wise counsel, is when you start to dream, write some of these things down and nurture some of these things in your spirit. Keep them to yourself for a while. Because while well-meaning and wonderful people in your life, not everybody is going to share in the beauty of your dreams. And if you share them too early or with the people who just have never dreamed or don't believe in this way of living, they're going to squash your dreams before you give them enough air and light and opportunity to take root in your heart. Fair? That is so beautiful. And it sounds like it was just an intuitive thing for you to keep it to yourself for a while. Did you encounter some people that didn't quite fan the flame of your dream when you finally did share it? (laughs) Well, I will tell you, the people closest to me have had years of preparation. (laughs) That is something that is wise, such wise counsel that I can say I've learned from experience. And for those listening that maybe have heard that for the first time, that is a huge piece that is going to be so valuable because I have fortunately failed along the way towards where I'm at now. And so, of course, during that time, that failure did not feel like it was a blessing. But mm-hmm. with that being said, in the years past, I've also tried things, entrepreneurial things. I have moved other places and, well, not internationally. I mean, I've lived in New York and I've lived in Chicago, but Fortunately, over the years, I have been able to develop a community around me that I've learned are so supportive and that are very perfect for me. And it's very much that we pour into each other and we're able to be vulnerable with each other. But I have a very strong community of people. And I will say there were a few people that I did tell at the beginning that I trusted and that I knew would not rain on my on my dream. Um, It was amazing because I actually, for instance, I did tell my father and I love my father. He's from New York. He's a little bit of a New Yorker. (laughs) And so we differ sometimes in that I'm usually the optimist. He's usually not. And so for some reason, I just felt moved. I hadn't 100% planned it, but a couple things were starting to fall into place. I wanted to hear what he had to say as far as like pushback, Mm -hmm. because sometimes I do see that. And so at this point, I wanted him to poke a couple holes in it just because I'm thinking, what am I missing? I told him and I was so shocked and surprised that he got quiet and he was like, well, you only live one life. I think you should do it. (laughs) And I was literally standing there with my mouth sort of open in shock because he has always been supportive, but usually it comes along with, well, think about this, think about that, think about this. And so his approval, I mean, I I don't want to say I was seeking it, but it was just the matter that he sort of agreed and that he felt like it was a good move was confirming to me. So that was really, really... sealed the deal. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, I did wait until pretty much it was in place. And then, yeah, for the math community, as far as like posting on social media and the like, flights were already booked. Things were already planned. I was doing it. So it really didn't matter what anybody else said. 
So. And the other thing that you've done that's very wise and I think is intuitive for the way that you move through the world is you've curated your community. You've been really intentional about who's in, who you trust. And that is a beautiful thing that I'm trying diligently to also put that message out into the world, right? The community of Thousand Thriving Women is meant to be that for people because we don't always get that naturally in our lives. We need to be more intentional about it. And it was the reason that I started the very first Badass Women's Council is I was like, oh my gosh, I'm starting a business and I don't have enough business women in my local community that I know. I'd been traveling all over the world and I had people in all different states and countries, but I didn't have anybody down the street that I could call and say, hey, will you have coffee with me and help me think through this idea? And so I went and curated or created a community for myself. And so another takeaway from today's episode is if you haven't started to think about that and do that, that would be another thing I would put on my list of things to think about throughout this holiday season is who are my people that are around me and do I need to seek out others or do some people maybe need to get less of my attention? I love the Jim Rohn quote, you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. And teenage messages say, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And that's not just a teenage message. That's a human message. And I love that you have done that for yourself. And so if anybody is saying, hey, I do need that, go to my website because that's my jam. And I would love to help you do that because it is a game changer. It is. And I will say that that was one of the things that drew me to your Thousand Thriving Women was a combination of meeting you, hearing you speak and reading your book and just knowing that this was someone that I want to have more time spent with. And so when I found that you had that community and seeing everything that that was about, it completely aligned with just who I am and what I am looking for. And so I highly recommend that community as well. Thank you. And I I I just go back to that group session that we were on, a a Zoom session that we were on, and you shared with the group that you'd made the decision. And, you know, we barely knew you, right? We had just Mm -hmm. started to get to know you and everybody's cheered and we're excited and asking all kinds of really thoughtful questions. And it was just a beautiful moment. Everybody got inspired by it. And I will tell you, Sharina, that two or three of the women from that session went on to do bold things for their story, right? They didn't pack up and move to Italy, but one of them reached out to coach a youth baseball league because she wasn't using enough of her leadership skills. And it was a bold thing that she could do for herself that was going to give her joy. So it was the what if. What if you went and you did that? And so you were very inspiring to the group. And that's why I asked you to come on the podcast is I want people listening today to be inspired to just pull up that legal pad and say, what if? What What is it for me? You got to work too, though. Like the dream part is the fun part, right? What if? And then you started listing out like, what will need to happen next for this to actually work? When you went through that process, what were some of the things you learned or maybe that surprised you or just talk us through that part of the process, like the details of actually making it reality from dream to reality? 
Yeah. I mean, I know it was a lot and I was so caught up in it. Again, I came back from Italy. I was trying to decide what I wanted to do. I finally decided that this was going to be something I was possibly going to pursue. I made my checklist and it was simultaneously looking into all the things that I needed to do to sell my house, including packing it by myself, a 1600 square foot house and trying to figure out storage for all that, movers for all that. And then for the Italy part, the biggest part I was mostly concerned about was with my dog because I have a 40 pounds black lab, seven years old. And so I just had to do a ton of research to figure out how does that work? She had vaccinated rabies, but I have to do this document and this document and they need to be timed within 30 days and then within seven days of leaving. And so she has to have a specific crate. Then I'm thinking, okay, where am I going to stay? So I was going to look at staying in an apartment. And then I decided to do an Airbnb because I had to do a ton of research on the visas and then just what kind of visa I wanted to do. Our passports had a 90-day visa built into it with a couple of options built in that if I wanted to extend it. I honestly wanted quiet time to sort of just let myself be, focus on some healing, focus on some writing. And so... I decided to go in that direction as far as not committing myself by making a huge job change or anything. Because you work so, remotely, so you, you're I able did. to do your job, the job you have now. You didn't have to quit your job. Correct. You can do the job there. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And so, I mean, there's a six hour time difference. So it's a matter of working from 2 to 10 p.m. So it's a little bit of a different a scheduling, transportation around Italy, sort of figuring that piece out. Finances, obviously, after um, selling my house. I mean, the good thing was I had something lined up as far as like missions and payouts and things that were just happening to be coming. And I want to make sure that I that made sense. What I felt when you talk about it and what the person said to you is like, you did all this work to make it happen, is that when you do something that you're passionate about, it doesn't feel the same as the work of something that you're not passionate about, right? So you probably found yourself so in it that you were up late doing the research about dog crates and all these things, not from an energy depleting place, but from an energy giving place because it was something you were excited and passionate about. And I find that to be true even with work projects. When it's something that you're doing that you're passionate about, you can lose yourself. You get into that rhythm and that flow of energy that it doesn't feel like the draining kind of work. Exactly. This is what I want to do. And if I want to get it done, this is what I'd have to do. And so here are the checklist. The one thing I do want to be sure to point out too is that It has felt like accumulation. For me to get to this point, it wasn't like this was the only time and first time and I just woke up one day. It was a lot of baby steps along in my life where I set these goals for myself that were, at the time, they felt uncomfortable. It was going for the job that I wasn't 100% sure I was qualified for. It was going to school despite having no financial support and having to work two or three jobs and figuring that out. It was taking these little trips here and there. My point being is that there was just a lot of things I reflect back on. And even though at the point before this, you know, I may have been very hesitant, a little bit nervous, 
But I kept referring back to the times I had done all the little things and I survived. And some of them were failures. Some of them were entrepreneurial things. I tried to start this, this business thing and it didn't work. And so my point is that those attempts were so important for me to just start building up the courage mm-hmm. to be able to move forward. And then that courage is what builds confidence is because I've had those circumstances and those trials of trying something, it not working, it not working, it working, it working. And so for me, this was a huge undertaking. I was just reflecting on this yesterday in a live I did on Facebook, but it was a huge undertaking. And my brain automatically goes into, well, of course, I just have these expectations of myself of like where I'm at now, but I love to, and the friendships that I've had that have really caused me and said, girl, I want you to think about where you're at, what you've done, what you've accomplished, and be so grateful. And I 1000% agree. (laughs) Oh my Um, gosh. Let's just pause on that as a takeaway for listeners today as well. And it's so true. The number of times that I've said to a client, even a business success or a project that went well, I'll say, hey, did you just stop and celebrate that you did that? thing? Did you just stop and maybe journal about how grateful you are that it went well or the people like, and we're so programmed to just go to the next thing. And it's so important for us to just kind of steep in that moment, because that's the moment of building the confidence for the next thing that you might want to try is to just let it seep into your being that you did it. You did that thing. It's important. And I would say that in that reflection time over this holiday period, again, instead of just immediately going to the 2024, what are my list of goals and all the things that I got to check off my list, I would just dream a little. Okay, let's say your dream is big and you get surprised by it. Maybe 2024 isn't the year that you do that, but maybe 2024 is the year that you just do one piece of something that puts you outside of that comfort zone, like we call it the sea of uncertainty, something that just puts you out there a little bit. And that way you're starting to build confidence. But the second thing that I would do in this reflection season is really go deep into that gratitude place of things that you've accomplished and things that you've done and things that didn't go well that you survived and what you learned from those things. Like that reflection, you do it automatically because it's just become a part of your life. But if you're out there thinking, I don't know if I've ever done that, this is the year to start. Start the gratitude journal. Start the reflection time. Don't you think? I fully agree. When you start Mm -hmm. writing things you're grateful for, it sort of builds up in a combination of gratitude and confidence, it helps you to move forward in whatever little way that is best for you. (laughs) Yeah. I think we've gotten so used to writing those statements for your plans for the year that are just checking stuff off the list. Like when I hear people say, I'm going to read 50 books this year. I'm like, well, okay, but are you going to enjoy any of them? And are they about things that you love and care about? (laughs) I just want us to feel our lives more than we Mm -hmm. check things off the list. Yeah. I mean, and I will say that this whole experience. So now I've been here for, it'll be two and a half months. And my heart has just been so full. And I've had so many tears of happiness and just gratitude and blessing. And I will say the one thing that it just has really overfilled me with in addition to gratitude is just really wanting to help others to figure out 
how to get out of there, whether if they're in a rut or they don't know how to move forward. There might be nobody who else is wanting to go to Italy, and that's totally fine. Sometimes it's just a matter of breaking out of a job that they hate or trying to figure out their finances so that they're able to have a little bit more freedom there. So really, it's just a matter of helping others to figure out how do they move towards a life that they love as well. You said in your book too, and it's just once you're filled with so much appreciation and gratitude and then it overflows, that's how we can pour out to other people. Yeah. And you've done that in other parts of your life. Like you said, this has been cumulative. My words aren't coming out right today. Uh, but at, at one time in your life, you said, I want my financial situation to be better. And because many of us didn't grow up in a way that we were taught how to build wealth or understand finances, you said, nope, I'm going to go learn how to do this. And you sought people and classes and learned. So in most things in your life, I feel like you're building this pattern of, okay, what if? What's next? What do I need to go learn and gather to do that? And really building kind of a guide that I'm excited to think about what it's going to be like when you write your book and start putting that message out to help people do that for themselves. Me too. Thank you. (laughs) Maybe. And I've always thought about this as a title for a book, but I don't have it on my list of books to write. So if you want to steal it, you can. I picture the cover of your book is your beautiful face and it just says, what if? Right? That is fantastic. (laughs) Putting this out there for God to either bless it or not. We're okay with it either way. I feel like you are building a little bit of a roadmap or a template for people by trying these things out and having success and failure. That's the other thing you said is not everything you've tried has worked out, but you've learned from it. And then you say to yourself the next time you're like, well, if it doesn't work out, I survived that last thing that didn't work out. So (laughs) I'm probably going to survive this one too. In fact, one of my favorite stories that comes out of your two months so far in Italy is one of your transportation stories. Oh my goodness. The (laughs) car. Can we talk about the car? Not everything has been like wine and cheese and beautiful. Like, please tell the car story. What happened? I had decided after spending two weeks in Rome to drive myself and my dog down south so we can explore. So we spent a week near Naples, Napoli, and then we went another week down near the Mossy Coast. So I drove us there. It was fantastic. I had no issues. So we get to Mazza del Blende, which is near Sorrento on the north of a Mossy Coast. And it was a Thursday. I randomly decided to just take my dog for a walk down. I found a hike on Google Maps. And I get her in the car and I'm driving a sort of crossover SUV and I'm following Google Maps. It leads me to an alley that is so narrow. And I realized quickly that it's going to at least scratch the side of your mirrors. So I had just passed the driveway. Nobody was behind me. So I backed up into this driveway and I was thinking, like, how do I get out of here? I don't know where I'm at. Long story short, it was a 25 minute event of just like, how I'm stuck. I cannot get out of this driveway. Now it's so narrow that now I'm going to scratch the side of the car. I had people stopping in traffic coming, trying to help me to navigate doing a 50 point turn, trying to get out of this driveway. And I end up finally just going and I scratch this rental car for the first time in my entire life. I've been renting cars for over 20 years. And I scratched the side of this rental car and I'm so shaken about it. And so I did not take the hike. I ended up getting out of that area and just going back to the Airbnb and thinking, I should have just stayed in this Airbnb. (laughs) Let's talk about the metaphor 
of this experience in everything we've been talking about, right? So things we take for granted. When we're driving here, most listeners are in the U.S., we just take the road is going to be wide enough for granted. But if you've been to Italy, these roads were not built for cars. And it really is. And they twist and turn, and it is fascinating. And so you just were like, oh my gosh, I'm caught off guard. Like, I'm going to have to try to turn around. People came and stopped to help you. That's the part that I love. It's a beautiful, like, community moment. I just think that's such a metaphor for your whole experience is there going to be things that you get wrong and you're going to be embarrassed and people are going to be like, but here you are sitting today. Not really all that changed other than it probably cost you a little bit of money to pay for some insurance to get the car fixed. Mm -hmm. But the things that we think are so catastrophic in the moment, in the grand scheme of things, don't really end up being all that big of a deal. So we can't let a little narrow alleyway keep us from putting the foot on the gas and just going. I know. And that was probably five and six weeks ago. Those experiences, they're obviously unexpected. Google Maps does not add terrain. <laughs> I didn't even know I'm going to be in the mountains. Well, fortunately, I had experience driving in them. But <laughs> And so. you've got different kind of insurance the next time you rented a car. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's true. Just in case. Just in case. But yeah, that is definitely going to be a story. And then I just remember I was messed with the Brunsay. It's so beautiful, but it's just a small, quaint town. And all I could think was, man, I'm sure they are talking about this in their town. There was five cars. At one point, I had back of traffic. And <laughs> I love it. What's the saying? Do it for the plot. If you put yeah. those words into TikTok, you'll get some interesting stories. Oh, you know, just that. do it for the plot. <laughs> you don't know what's going to work out, but do it for the story. I was going to say, I'll always have that story for sure. And so will they. You know how life gets so much more interesting for all of us if we're not so concerned about whether we're going to mess it up or be embarrassed. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly it. I assumed there would be hiccups along the way. I had no idea what they would be. So that was one. And I, I will tell you, at the time, I was sort of laughing. I laugh when I get super nervous, but I was not feeling inside, especially after I saw the car. I'm really grateful that I have over the years taught my brain to try to take hardships and immediately try to process how to make it a positive or how to not dwell so much on it so that it doesn't ruin my entire day. Because that happened at 30 in the morning. So basically after that, I really just was thinking if I would have to be my car accident in Italy, I'm glad it was that. I'm glad it wasn't anything to do with my dog. It wasn't anything to do with me being in the hospital. And if that had to be it, then I guess I'll take it. It is important. But I want to say I want invite people to take that on as something that they can do for themselves as a result of this episode yeah. as well as most things that we get really upset about we could flip the script on the story. That's what I call it when I'm working with my clients. Okay, so that's what happened and that feels bad. Let's acknowledge that it feels bad. Let's own the feelings of it. But can we flip the script on that story? Can we come out of it with something different than just, oh, that sucked and carry the negative emotions? Like, how could we change it? And that's what you did. Yeah, because if not, I would have wanted to like fly home the next day and I would have missed out on so many other opportunities of amazingness and fantastic experiences and people that I've met and all the things, the connections and the aha moments, just accepting it and moving forward and the hiccups are going to come. So it's just a matter of whether we make them robots or let them just be speed bumps. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I love that. I love that. 
because I'm following you on social media to get all the updates, you've just recently, because you've had time in addition to doing your regular job, I want to just emphasize that as well as you're still working, but you've had some time to reflect, which is a big intent for this trip and made some decisions for the next chapter. And that's what I love about the metaphor that I use of writing your own story is your story has chapters. And so Mm -hmm. even though you've made a decision, it's just for the next chapter and that's good enough. So what's next? So I decided not to stay past my 90 days. So I'm going to be flying back to the U.S. I have a couple options, but honestly, what I really think, this is actually something that just came about today, (laughs) this morning (laughs) during my morning reflection. So I think I am going to relocate back to where I was in Indiana to be closer to my family as sort of a home base, because I do have a kind of few goals that I'm still working on. Travel is definitely inevitably going to be on that. I realized coming to Italy that I want to really check off so many other locations around the world that I've been wanting to travel to my whole life. And so I made a list of those. And what I'm thinking is I want to travel. I don't necessarily want to do it at a sacrifice for my financial, my fitness, my faith goals, things like that. Said a long prayer and did a lot of journaling this morning and just had a vision of how to piece it all in so that I could accomplish all of them as far as just moving them forward. And so I'm really excited because just this time has given me so much quiet and helped me to really get into a fantastic flow of how I want my days to go, even when I am back in the US. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and so I am going to continue to travel around the world (laughs) and then also work on a couple other business goals too. I love that. And so that represents what I talk about in my book about creating the rhythm that you want for your life, the rhythm of your life. You still want to be able to have your days flow, even when you get home in a certain way, based on what you've learned and experienced and moving away to get some new fresh perspective and now saying, okay, here's some things I'm going to bring back with me. I think that is a a beautiful lesson as well as sometimes we have to get out of, not sometimes, often we have to get out of our normal routine or location, just get a fresh environment to get that fresh perspective of what really matters when you get back home. It's so true. Yeah. And that's what I've loved about travel my whole life, which is why it's always going to be part of it. So (laughs) That's good. That's good. Let's just summarize for everybody as we wrap up, because I do love that this episode is going to fall in kind of the holiday time frame, because that is a time of great reflection on our lives, preparing for a new year and being around family, whether that feels really good or really hard. (laughs) But to be able to spend some time this holiday season, take out a legal pad, take out a new journal and just say, what if? And just Mm -hmm. do a little dreaming and then spend some time in gratitude. And think about, you know, what is that rhythm and pattern for your life that you want to implement so that life feels better in 2024? It's not just about achievement and accomplishment, but let's experience just like when we go on vacation. Why can't our lives be more of that experience of how we want it to feel? Let's do that. That sounds good. I love that. (laughs) That's what I'm going to be working on, actually. We'll just all plan on having you back when your book launches or when your, you know, speaking business launches and we'll be ready for you. Fantastic. I love that. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you for being you and being courageous enough to share your story. I I also encourage you to really put a lot of those lives and things out on social media about your experience because it's not ego. It's not bragging. It's inspiring. And so I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. 
Thanks for listening to this episode. I would love it if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. And then you can go to RebeccaFleetwoodHessian.com and join the Badass Women's Council. And if you really want to take a deeper dive, join the movement of a thousand thriving women. There's amazing Thrive tools there for you today. Love you, mean it. I'm not coming down. Hey, y'all, fun fact. If you like the music for the podcast, that is actually my son, Cameron Hessian. And I would love it if you would go to Spotify and iTunes and follow him and download some of his other music. My personal favorite is TV Land.